baptism with a wee difference. How many enjoyed that? Come on, give it up, give it up. God, the guys did a great job. Okay, I'm going to preach in a minute. And the message is called, It's a Wonderful Life. And we'll just let the guys come in back. Raise your hands if you're back from uh, the baptism yet. Where's all the guys? David's here. Uh, where's Nathan? Uh, David, go and chase him up, son, and give him a hand on his trousers. Uh, I need Nathan up here, and I need David. I need David and Nathan up here in, in a couple of minutes. And um, we're going to begin with a prayer. Prayer helps us to refocus in Jesus. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we're here for you. We turn our thoughts back to you. We celebrate everyone's life. He's given the life to you. We baptize today. Bless them. Keep them. Watch over them. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to speak today about it's a wonderful life. He's disappeared. You don't know where he's gone? He's on gangs. All right. That's all right. That's all right. Well, for a start, I want to just get David... And Chris rode to the platform, and someone could come on Nathan's, Nathan's behalf. Oh, no, we'll, we'll get it to Nathan. Don't worry, don't worry. David Cochran, do you want to come on a moment? We, 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 up you come, up you come. Up you come. Up you come, guys. David, let me know this week that uh, the author of the Glasgow Gospel, a great rendition of the Gospel of Jesus, written for Glaswegians. Well, not for anybody, but it's in Glaswegian. And he did, he, David did some readings for the weekend. They were just fantastic. And he brought three spare ones as gifts. And everyone on the men's weekend was a star. And uh, this young guy here up at 6 o'clock this morning, George Keenan, worked them hard. But George set the pace. He had twice as much energy on it. The guy lifted one ton of kit, set it up, 6 o'clock. They were up this morning, the crack at dawn, showered down the road here to get the rehearsal going. Give it up for George Keenan, the organizer. And he did a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. But, but the two youngest men, you know, uh, David and Nathan. Here he comes, Nathan. <laughs> All right. Do you know, I just thought, if we'd want to give everybody, it's fine, but these two young guys. You know, when two young guys who could be in a million other things are up at six, and uh, that was after playing, uh, a, uh, playing songs till two in the morning with pots and pans and keeping half the camp awake. But it's just great. I, I don't know about you. I've got a great new saying, which is, honor your past and favor the future. So honor all the great leaders that made this happen and the great friends that brought this about. And that, without them, we wouldn't be here today. And favor the future. These guys are the future. So I thought, David, these two guys should get a Glasgow gospel from a Glaswegian. So you got them there? Right, let's, is, 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 you've only got one left, David. All right. We'll translate it later. Translate it later. Yeah, all right. So we'll get yours to you later. But give it up for these two young guys. All right, thanks, guys. Did a great job. Thanks, David. And uh, just before I preach, you know, I'm just going to introduce Chris and get him. We can get all locals to give feedback on the weekend. But I thought it was good to ask a, a person 
from a foreign land of England to come. And uh, Chris and I, for some of you have been around here for a while, you may remember our close friendship with Dave Marquis, uh, Eric Clapton's bass player in the church there. And Chris was the worship leader then, and we became friends for many, many years. At the moment, he does a number of things, but he's um, the, the pastor of uh, Crystal Palace Football Club, just a wee club in England. It's not as big as Dunfermline Athletic, but it's, it's, it's all right. And uh, it's all right. And uh, it's just, you know, down through the years, sometimes a friend is not somebody you have to see every day. A friend is somebody you're joined with. And we've been joined. Chris has been a great blessing. And he was just sharing in the office what this weekend meant to him. Uh, you know, being here for him personally and, and his, his view of it. And uh, if you ask one of your friends, they'll give you a freebie. They'll just give you a good report to anybody. Anyway, but to ask somebody who's come up from London, flew up from London, his back seized on Monday, didn't think he was going to make it, but uh, pushed through the pain, came up, and it'd be good if you just give a few minutes, a couple minutes or whatever, uh, on, for, for you personally what this weekend means, Chris, to be here and whatever. Okay. Cool. Thanks, Jim. Uh, it's great to be here, and I apologize that I'm dressed inappropriately. Can you all understand my accent? Is that okay? Okay, yeah, done firmly in being a smaller club than Palace. Well, you know, we're in the Premier League, so Scottish, what is it, Scottish First Division? Yeah, Scottish First Division versus Premier League. But anyway, weekend was fantastic. It's great to be here. Uh, this feels really familiar, just the, the, the spirit in the place, the wonderful worship. It's obvious that this is family for you guys. It's obvious that there are really deep relationships that go back historically a very long time. And of course, you have got one of the best pastors in the world, in Pastor Jimmy. So, I hope, I hope that you really appreciate him and really honor him, because I'm telling you, you know, I have the privilege of going out and about all over the place, and he is wonderful, absolutely wonderful. So I've come up all the way from London for this weekend. I didn't really know what to expect. Jimmy just said, come up, meet the guys, lead a bit of worship. What he didn't tell me was lead a bit of worship with George around a campfire in a, in a field in the pitch black in the pouring rain. He didn't mention that bit, but that, <laughs> but that was very cool. But I think what you're building here is of bigger significance than you probably think. You know, God is able to do immeasurably more than we can ever ask, imagine, think, dream about. You know, in other words, what God says to us is, dream, whatever your dream is, is not big enough. Dream bigger. And I think that's what he's saying to you guys. Dream bigger. Because he is not only able, but he is also willing, because he loves us, to do abundantly more. And I think, you know, when, when God brings a connection in the spirit, you kind of recognize it in the spirit, you recognize it with your heart, and I think that's what God's been doing this weekend. You know, despite hiking up mountains and getting very, very wet and people swimming in the lock, even though it's minus 15 degrees, divine connections that have more far-reaching significance than we see in the natural. God sees things in the spirit, joins people together. And it's almost like he's saying, do not despise days of small beginnings because of that concept and his uh, calling for the greater things and the bigger dreams. So I think that's what God is saying. Whatever your dream is, 
is not big enough. Dream bigger, because God is able. Is that okay? Give it up. Chris Rowe, guys. Thanks very much. All right. It's, my message today is called, It's a Wonderful Life. Baptism, as you know, is about a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful new life. If you have a Bible, if you're not, you could share. I'm looking from Luke 10, verse 38. I'm going to give a twist on this story that might be a little bit different to what you used to, but I was thinking, I was thinking, you know, if you're preparing somebody for a wonderful new life and you want to tell them the most important thing, the number one thing to do about an important life, the number one thing, in other words, you can almost miss everything else, but if you get this one right with your wonderful new life as a Christian, if you get this one right and keep this one thing as the main thing, you'll never look back. And so that's what I'm addressing today. And if, I, if you ask 50 people in this room, what's the number one thing? What's the main thing for a human being to do in a wonderful new life? We get caught up in a million things, but there is one thing. And if you get this one thing right, I'm telling you, in Jesus Christ, you have the most amazing Amazing, wonderful new life. And so in Luke 10, we're going to step into this drama, most beautiful, beautiful moment in the life of Jesus. And in verse 38, he's in a home. How cool is that, Jesus coming to your home? He said, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. Imagine somebody just mentioning your name for the rest of eternity and everybody in the world, eh? That's how important she was. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he says. Martha... It was like a 2016 kid. She was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. One tiny Chris correction to your um, speech, Chris, is I have a wee theory. There's no such a thing as a great pastor. There's only a great woman who puts up with a pastor. <laughs> and so I would like you to give it up for my wife. He's put it up and got me here. Martha. Her real name is Martha. And uh, yeah, yeah, and Martha, but she came to him and she said, Lord, don't you care? My sister has left me to do the work by myself. Tell her to help me. Don't you just love it? Love it how folk blame Jesus for something that was not to do with him. Don't you just love it how people blame the church for something that was not to do with the church? Our sister's Netmer Heat. In London, that might be annoying one's napper. A uh, sister's Netmer Heat. She blames Jesus. Hello? There are millions and millions and millions of people 
giving the church jip, giving Jesus jip, giving God jip, angry with God because something happened over there. I just love it. She's like, hey. Don't you care? Don't you care? Don't you care? Uh, you know, he must sit sometimes, like I'm sure the devil sits sometimes. I'm sure the devil goes, half the things I'm blamed for, I'm bad, I'm bad, but I'm not guilty for half the things I get blamed for. And she's blaming Jesus, don't you care? Isn't it fascinating that a cup of tea and a wee, a wee sandwich preparation comes right down to, does Jesus love me? Don't you care? Don't you love me? But she's given us an insight to the number one most important principle in the whole of the Bible regarding enjoying a wonderful life with Jesus Christ. And she is giving us an insight to what stopping people entering a wonderful life and experience it. My first point today is the step on the journey, declutter. Declutter your life. People today are on clutter overload. Three wine parties a week, 400 visits to Facebook, 95 telephone calls, 300 emails. Clutter overload. Clutter overload. To the point where there are books, well, actually been written for many years on how to deal with holiday stress. I love these people who say they're going on an activity holiday. <laughs> I got so much clutter. I'm, I'm going to start coma holidays. You just go, go into a coma for two weeks and come out and you get a rest. Clutter overload is a massive, massive, massive problem in 2016. Not just because people get burned out, because it robs them from the most wonderful thing. And what happens with clutter overload, is when you get burned out, well, who can I blame? Who can I blame? We'll go right up the stand until eventually we'll get to God, we'll get to church, we'll get somebody's to blame. One thing human beings are struggling with, especially young people, is switching off and saying no. How many of you have done good deeds that you resented doing? I of course I'll give you a lift. Of course I've, of course I've got time. When you're lying to the back of your teeth. The truth of the matter is you're on overload and you can't do one more thing and you don't want to lose a friendship. You don't want to come, so we play God. We play God. We go, well, yeah, I can do that. And the truth is we know if we're going to do that. We're going to push us over the edge. We haven't seen our kids for a month. And all kinds of things suffer. And I'm telling you what, if you can press the declutter button in your daily walk and create a margin, people don't have a margin anymore. 
That's true. The vast majority of people have no margin. I'm telling you now, we just did the hardest thing I've ever done in my whole life, was to get men away for a whole weekend. I had more call-offs in the last three days, a few genuine, well, maybe one. As a result of what? Clutter. Even good clutter is bad clutter if it's not clutter the Lord is asking of you. Martha is on clutter overload. Hey, you get the opposite. You got lazy so-and-sos that will not give you a wee hand in the kitchen. That's not what this passage is about. But she's on clutter overload. And the clutter's not the problem. The problem is it's not what she's doing. It's what she's not doing. She's robbing herself of the most beautiful, energizing, vitamin pill a human can take. Here's the second point I want to mention on this journey to the main thing. And I'll get to the main thing. People are burning out because circumstances outside themselves are running their life. One of the greatest things you could ever do as a human being, as a Christian, is take 100% responsibility for your walk with Jesus Christ. One, don't, don't, it's not Jesus' fault. It's not working out. It's not your sister's fault. It's not anybody else's fault. It's not your kid's fault. It's you're robbing yourself of the most beautiful, beautiful God-given gift he gave to mankind. So I want to encourage you, take 100% responsibility for this thing to keep it top of your list. Blame nobody, fix yourself, and take nothing personally. Take nothing personally. You know, our sister just fancied doing something else. But somehow it became a massive personal deal. Our sister just fancied had different priorities and was doing something different. But it came right down to a personal offense, a personal hurt, a personal issue. How many times have we sunk our boat because we've taken stuff personally? There's nothing to do with us. Take nothing personally. Somebody does you a, a tough one, it gives you a hard time. Like Mara was, Martha was complaining about her sister. And she takes it personally. Don't you care? Don't you love me? She obviously doesn't. She's taking everything personally. For a decision, a priority, her sister different priorities. It's a great, one of the beautiful things you could do is take nothing personally. They have a go at you. Well, I don't know. That's between them and their maker. But I'm not taking it personally. They may say I'm a plonker. They may treat me like a plonker. But hey, I'm parking it. I'm taking nothing personally. Third one. Very quickly. To enter as a newly baptized person or someone the world of the wonderful life addressed this issue. 
Alan Kelly addressed it for us on the weekend, along with so many other guys. And then Aaron put a seal on it. Prioritize, put the king first. Prioritize, put the king first. She's blaming the king, Jesus. Nothing to do with him. She's messing up. She's cluttered and she's on overload. She, she's like, I'm not getting, I'm not, I'm not getting this whole thing done. I need help. And why do you think in Revelation the letters were written to the churches, seven of them all on overload? Because they'd filled their life with clutter. Oh, I know it's good to go to the gym. But if you've got no time for the important thing, it's clutter. Oh, I know you like making a million over here. That's fine. But not if it replaces the main thing. Not if you're doing a Martha. Oh, I know it's good to do your charity things. Oh, we're all into charity things. I love charity. I'll eat really. But you know what? See, when the charity becomes your main thing, it's a filthy rag. I'll tell you why. Because it's, it's robbing you of the main thing. Martha, Martha. Jesus decides. It's fantastic, written thousands of years ago, but it gives us the key to modern mental illnesses Overload diseases, depression, so much stuff is a result. Not all of it, but so much stuff is the result of a life full of clutter and there's no space left. Jesus decides, I'll deal with this clutter issue. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. He could have just did the Glasgow version David and said, you're nipping my heat. Your heat's full of months. He said, Martha, you're worried and you're upset about many things, but few things are needed. Or in fact, only one. Only one. There are hundreds of thousands of Christians suffering because this one is the first one to go. It's the first one you'll park when you get busy. It's the first one that you'll neglect. It's the first one that'll die on you. It's the first thing you'll say, I'll get back to that. It's the first thing you put off to tomorrow. But Jesus is addressing our 21st century clutter disease. People say, oh, well, I'm a family man. I give seven nights a week to my family. That's great. But it can become clutter. You can make an idol of family. Oh, I, I got a girlfriend now, and, and she's the one for seven days a week. Yeah, but don't make her an idol. If she replaces the one, if you don't, you're, you're going to do Martha too. Martha, the Lord answered, you're worried about many things, but few things are needed, or only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it won't be taken from her. The wonderful life is sitting at the feet of Jesus and loving him. That's the wonderful life. Sitting at the feet 
Oh, I know you get your kicks from this and you get your kicks from that and you get your kicks from the next thing. And you let everybody know what, what, what gives you the kicks. But I'm worried and I'm concerned because we can buy into the 21st century clutter world and be robbed. Chris played a song this morning. The first time I heard it was in Hailing Island when I met his people. And I was, I was like, oh, no, I don't believe it. It's the only sing, song I can't sing. There's only one song in my life I can't sing. George, I wonder if we could do, could we do that song? What's the title of that song, Chris? I Stand Amazed. Do you remember that one, George? Can we pull that off, George? You've pulled everything off this, else off this weekend, but do you know, one more, one more we test. Give it up for George and the guys, guys. If somebody could help us get the words up for that. Robert, if you could, one of you guys could dig out and see if we can get the words up. I'll give you five minutes, guys. Do you need, is five enough? What's that? Two and a half. Aye, come on, George. Keep the main thing, the main thing. We sang a song, I stand amazed. First time I heard it. And the song talks about the main thing. It talks about the one thing Jesus was addressing. And we're going to have a little ministry time with you guys, and I'm going to invite you to park some clutter. What are you filling your life with? All right, it's good to spend your whole life getting down to eight stone and running 10 marathons. That's great. It's, it's great to do this and that and this and that. It's great. It's all great. The problem is, guys, what happened to the thing Jesus spoke? What happened? What happened to the joy you used to get sitting at the feet of Jesus? And I'm being honest with you, we were wrecked this morning worshiping the mountains because like a fresh revelation if you could see the joy Jesus got now let's twist this a little bit if we can or tweak it Jesus is saying the most important thing you're missing Martha the most important thing is to give time to loving me Jesus. That's it. And if you will do that each morning and each day and enter a life of worship. Now I want you to be completely honest with yourself. There's a little serious moment now. Do you love Jesus? Most Christians I know would go, yeah. It's like saying to the wife, I love you. But she hasn't seen you for a month because you're full of clutter. I have another question. Do you honestly believe Jesus is insanely in love with you? He's crazy, crazy, crazy about you. You have to be crazy to rebuke the host who's working our socks off to get you a copy tea. And you go, if her a skill, and the supposed lazy so-and-so. 
How many people feel guilty or lazy sitting at the feet of Jesus when the kitchen's in a mess? It's not an excuse to be lazy. But we're calling the men in Scotland, we're calling the people back to a wonderful life. In a wonderful life, there is no wonderful life, none, none outside the feet of Jesus. And if Christians could get a revelation how much the Father loves them, madly loves them, and hear Jesus invite you back to your first love. There's at least 20 people in this room right now. I'm not going to point at anybody saying, but you're going through, and somebody asks you, you're a Christian, you'll go, yeah, and you're going through the motions, but I'm telling you now, I'm telling you now, there is more. And Jesus is saying, hey, Martha, it's great all the stuff you're doing, but do you know what? There's more. And I want to ask you, when's the last time you went for a walk with Jesus? When was the last time you went for a walk with Jesus? When's the last time we went for a talk with Jesus? All of Christianity is about knowing Jesus loved and died for you and returning that love. You have no love to give if no one's filling you with love. And the question is, how many more years are you going to be in the kitchen? The kitchen of hobbies, the kitchen of relationships, the kitchen of making money. How long are you going to hang around with Martha? Today's the day, guys, to come back. To come back. Come back. Don't be under condemnation. Be busy with your family and business. This is not a condemnation message. This is a love message. He loves you. And he wants to give you a relation. He wants to kick start. He wants to get you back to the place. I'm telling you, you begin, get alone with Jesus, sit his feet, begin to tell me love him, and enter into that. I'm telling you, and he begins to pour out a waterfall, a tsunami of his love earthly cares all of a sudden that seemed like the lofty mountains all of a sudden I had a Martha moment I got to the campsite first not realizing I was in a zone of selfishness just old habits are hard to die I think I'm going to pick the best spot in the campsite nice flat bit and I'm going to pick I wasn't thinking no one else sorry but I'm not sneaking. Amen. This is how camping works. Get my new tent up and get in there and get my new self-inflating airbag. I'm, I'm, I'm cooking on gas. I settle in there and I think, what's that in my back? Under the tent, I didn't notice there was a scaffolding pole. Somebody had left buried in the grass and it's sticking in my spine. I got to lift that whole thing and replace it somewhere else after all the other nice spots have been taken. Sometimes the Lord's going to put a scaffolding pole under our tent. Something in, in conference. An annoying preacher. You come and get blessed and some nice stories and he's, all he's doing is ramming a scaffolding pole up your spine. But the Lord's prodding like he prodded me in that moment. How could you come in a men's Christian weekend and be the most selfish creature going? Yeah, give me a break with that scaffolding pole, man. 
But Jesus put a scaffolding pole right in the heart of Mary that day and says, Mary, there's more. There is more. And in a moment, I want to invite you to sing this song. I want to let God speak to you. I've spoken enough. Let the Holy Spirit come and just open your hearts. Come on, guys. God loves somebody that's on fire. Alan is saying he loves worshipers. You may worship. Don't make you a worshiper. Great line Alan came out with. I want to die a worshiper one day. I want to die on fire. I don't want to die on fake. I, want to, I don't want to die as Martha. I don't want to die in clutter. I want to die one day as a man who insanely loved and returned love to Jesus because he's crazy about you and me. Let's stand together, sing the song, and do, do business with God. Take a moment. Come on, be honest, guys. Look square in the mirror and ask yourself, am I a Martha or am I Mary? Because I ain't letting no clutter ever rob me of the awesome, awesome, awesome love, unconditional love of Jesus Christ. Can we applaud the Lord Jesus Christ on that one, guys? Fine, give it up, guys. Give it up. Okay, let's go. Let's go. Let's hear it. with every eye closed please you know you're burning out you know you're burning out you know you're burning out stress not all of it is your fault but you know sometimes it feels like Jesus is a million miles away at least 20 of the people in this room you need to come home you need to come back to the feet of Jesus you need to go, do you know what? If I could get a, a woman, I'd be sorted. 
If I could get this and that, I'd be shorter. If I could get this and that, no, you won't. If you don't have the main thing, you won't ever be sorted. You'll have a temporary anesthetic. Make a decision right now. Look at Jesus in the face. Ask his forgiveness. You've been cluttered to the eyeballs and you're burned out. You're tired, you're weary, anxious, you're not sleeping great sometimes. So for every person in this room with every eye closed, if that's you, quickly raise your right hand. We're going to pray for you. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. <laughs> A little five-year-old kid just put her hand up. Isn't that great? Cluttered at five. And it's true, by the way. There's at least ten more. Quickly, one. Next one, two. Next one, three, four, five. Lord, just lift up these people before you right now. Touch their life, God. Touch their life. It's not condemnation. You love them. Hope deferred crept in. Hope deferred crept in. Condemnation, guilt. Wash that off them in Jesus' name. Bring them to your feet. In the name of Jesus. Pour your love upon them, God. Pour your love upon them. Okay, we'll finish off one more through, guys, and then we're done. Go. From the top, guys, let's give thanks. Let's applaud the Lord Jesus for everyone. Everyone coming home. He's good. He's good. He's good. Oh
amazing with that. Well, Lord, we just thank you, God. We just seal that word, Father, this morning, God. Lord Jesus, that we would hold on to this week, Father, this whole week, that we would focus on on that word, God, that we would get rid of all the clutter in our life and that you would to set us free, God, to, to focus on you, to draw close to you, Lord. Let it, let it go deep within our hearts, God. Let it go so deep. And Father, we pray for all the men and all the families that um, for the men that have been on the weekend away, God, we pray protection upon them this week, Father. Good health, Father, that you would strengthen them, that you would bless them for the works that you've done in their hearts, Lord God, that you would protect them this week and their families, Lord Jesus. We thank you for that great message this morning, Father, that we would focus and we would put it into practice this week, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. And we all said amen. Woo!